Hi, good morning, everyone. Dr. Randall Gates, the board-certified chiropractic neurologist, also a chiropractic physician here in the Las Vegas area. Our clinic is in Henderson, Nevada, Gateway to Health. And today we're talking about migraines, a very interesting subject for those of you headache sufferers. Now, in the world of headaches, in my experience, it boils down to a lot of individuals have them. It's about 10% of the population has migraine headaches, which is pretty substantial. And frequently patients are relegated to taking the medications. Maybe you take the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Maybe you're taking your Excedra migraine. If that doesn't work, then usually your general practitioner has to look at putting you on something like Imitrex, which are referred to as the tryptin medications. If that's not working, lots of times you'll see a neurologist who may do an MRI of your brain looking for other causes of the headaches. And if that's not working, they have to go to more complicated medications, things like uh, the ergot derivatives. And then ultimately, Many of you may be on drugs that help you with nausea and the associated symptoms. Really, migraines are miserable, as most of you know who have them, who are listening. They're not fun. They really can be a major factor of disability. I think the World Health Organization said that migraines are the seventh leading cause of disability in the world. And they can be very, very destructive, to say the least. So in today's broadcast, we're going to illuminate some of the stuff that you may be familiar with in the standard medical approach. But we're also going to be talking about what's referred to as the functional medicine and functional neurology approach to this disorder because the patients that come in to us at Gateway to Health are typically looking for a non-medication alternative, whether that's based on their philosophy, their paradigm for health, they just don't want to take medications, or frequently the medications can be rather pricey. For Imitrex, it can cost around $280 for nine pills, and I've seen patients run through that many in a month very easily. So that's kind of the context of what we're looking at. Now, to better understand what a migraine is, we have to look at what's happening in the brain when a migraine happens. A migraine basically occurs when you get an accumulation of inflammation in one part of your brain. And it's like a little focus. It's like a little, the start of a little forest fire, so to speak. And for whatever reason, that inflammation is not flushed out of that region of the brain. And scientists have found specifically, there are many inflammatory mediators, but one is an accumulation of something called CGRP, calcitonin G related peptide. Now, when that inflammation accumulates, it almost seems to cause something like a shock wave, like you would think from a nuclear bomb. That shock wave spreads throughout the brain, and that's highly associated with the migraine headache. It's called cortical spreading depression. Another way to think of it would be as though you drop a rock in a pond, and that spreading effect, and that's what's going on in the head of a migraine patient. But then the critical question is, well, why does that happen in a migrainer? But most people don't have this. And that's what scientists are looking into. And that's the critical question. On the medical side of things, uh, new medications are coming out, which are referred to as biologic medications. You probably have seen these <clears throat> discussed on recent commercials, medications such as Humira, Imuran. These are common biologic medications used in the treatment of things like Crohn's disease and rheumatoid arthritis. And these drugs are where the pharmaceutical industry designs immune cells that attack inflam basically inflammatory mediators in our body. I'm trying to distill this down as simply as possible. So basically, these drugs are immune cells that destroy inflammation in our body. Well, these new drugs for migraine sufferers are targeting the CGRP. And it's pretty interesting in what they're doing, and they are seeing some good results with it. But any time we're taking a medication 
that's destroying part of our immune system, there can be side effects. And I see a lot of patients who are being treated for things like Crohn's disease or rheumatoid arthritis, and maybe their chances of cancer go up and they develop something like a, a basal cell carcinoma, which should be relatively self-limiting, and it becomes a major, major problem because their immune system is just not as competent from taking these meds. So there's a plus and a minus with each approach, and we're going to go through that at length today. Another element as to why this inflammation is accumulating in the brain is potentially is the brain not sending the right signals to get the blood flow to that area where the inflammation is accumulating. And then as a result, you can get the rebound pulsating headache as the brain tries to get the blood flow there. That's the current concept for migraine sufferers. And you know as a migraine sufferer how miserable it is. You know what you go through from having the pulsating pain to the light and sound sensitivity to the vomiting to the nausea to not being able to work. If you have these attacks upwards of eight days a month where you actually have a migraine headache, then you're considered a chronic severe migraine sufferer associated with 15 headaches in general a month. If you have less than that, then you have episodic migraines. And for those of you who have episodic migraines, the medical community hasn't really agreed yet on what the right uh, prophylaxis is, so to speak, to help you prevent from going to a chronic severe migraine sufferer. And that's the general framework really for, for you from a medical perspective. Now, that's the medical model. Now, there's an alternative model as well. The alternative model is where you can go see an alternative practitioner and they're going to say, oh, you have migraines. So if you have migraines, then you should take coenzyme Q10. You should take alpha-lipoic acid. You should take N-acetylcysteine. These are supplements that have been shown to improve how the brain makes energy. It's called mitochondrial function. And by doing that, then the practitioner is trying to give you something natural to help with the entire migraine process. Now, that's not bad, but that model, you just have to understand as the patient, is very similar to the medical model. It's just using supplements. Whereas the functional medicine and functional neurology model is more looking at getting to the underlying cause of the condition. And we're going to go into this at length in today's broadcast because the causes of migraines, there's a high association with thyroid problems, insulin resistance, and autoimmune issues. And it seems to be that these background autoimmune, thyroid, inflammatory, insulin resistant issues are heavily affecting how the brain clears these inflammatory mediators out of one single location. And because of that, that's why we see the incidence of migraine much higher in these patient demographics where we see a lot of insulin resistance in migraine patients. So that's the general framework for what we're going to be discussing. And you just have to know as the migraine sufferer, I was talking to a patient this week, that your treatment is governed by the diagnosis code. So if you have migraines, you get an ICD-10 code. And that ICD-10 code says what treatments you can get and what treatments you can't get. And this is why I can pretty much tell every migraine patient that comes into us at Gateway to Health, this has probably been your story. And your story is you see the GP, and it's exactly like I said before. You saw the GP, and they gave you non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. If that doesn't work, they give you the sumatriptan, which is the imatrix and other derivatives of that. If that doesn't work, they go to heavier medications like the ergot derivatives and and uh, Phenergan, things like that for your nausea. If that doesn't work, you go to the neurologist, they do an MRI, maybe you get Botox injections, and Botox injections can really help chronic severe migraine sufferers, which is really interesting because in that event with Botox, most of you probably know this, Botox paralyzes muscles. They inject the Botox into the neck muscles and the facial muscles to relax the muscles so that there's not as many kind of 
uh, tension muscle signals coming back into the brain to reinforce the headache. Another important point if you're a headache sufferer is that you have to realize that all pain fibers from the head actually are processed down at the level of the neck. So there's overlap between pain fibers from the head and the neck, which is very, very important, which is why a lot of you have stiffness in your neck, you have muscle tension in your neck, and it's not going away. That's because they're they're basically processed at that same same place. Very, very important. And it goes back to having, you know, a history before getting into this profession, uh, being helped through chiropractic care and massage therapy. Those things can all real, really help headaches. And there have been anecdotal reports forever about this because we're changing muscle tone in the neck, which can then change how the brain processes pain. So that's the basic framework for today's discussion. Also, it's very important to iterate that you need a good examination to make sure you actually have migraines. And that's a critical factor. So many of you know this. You go into your doctor. Your doctor is limited in time. Maybe they have five minutes. Maybe they have 10 minutes. And they have to say, okay, it sounds like you have migraines. Take this medication. Yeah, it sounds like you have this. Take this medication. And at Gateway to Health, we do an hour and a half long examination in history. And that's so important because you have to spend that time working in this model to make sure that you have the diagnosis correct and that you're assessing all these different variables. Because if you are trying to get to the underlying root cause of the issue, then this is what you have to look at. You have to dig deep. You have to look at an individual's thyroid function. You have to look at all their blood tests to see if it looks like maybe they just have a borderline thyroid issue. Dig in to see if an individual has the symptoms of insulin resistance. So that's what we do at Gateway to Health. We'll come back after the break. I'll be talking more about these associations with insulin resistance and thyroid. Uh, If you have any questions, call the show 702-733-5968. Also, Gateway to Health in Henderson, Nevada, 833-DR-GATES, G-A-T-E-S. 833-DR-GATES. Go ahead and give us a call if you want a free consultation about your condition. See you after the break. Dr. Randall Gates back here with the Gateway to Health radio show, uh, board-certified chiropractic neurologist and chiropractic physician here in the Las Vegas area. Our clinic is in Henderson, and today we're talking about migraines. And you'll see the theme of this if you've been listening to the other radio shows, maybe somewhere. And when we talk about functional medicine and functional neurology, you as a listener need to understand that we have some major health issues in our current society. I want to say that it's just in the U.S., but it really isn't. It's spreading throughout the world. Researchers really don't know why so many of these health issues are changing, but they are. We're seeing much increased incidences of being overweight, being obese, being pre-diabetic, being diabetic, heart disease going up, cancer going up, all these different conditions, thyroid issues are going up. And many of you listening to this radio program, maybe you grew up in the 1950s or 1960s or 1970s, and you can recall back, even when I was growing up, I don't want to date myself too much, but in the 1980s, that individuals look different than they do today. Our population is getting bigger. Our population is getting unhealthier. And that's not a cut against you. The reason why I'm saying it is because factors probably outside your control have been dictating what's happening with our health as a society and as a a people, really. Researchers really don't know why. They don't know if it's the widespread use of antibiotics. They don't know if it's because we're too clean. For example, we're not growing up walking in the dirt barefooted. We're not out playing in the dirt how we used to be. 
be on a consistent basis. Most of us have a pretty hygienic life, and maybe that's why the microbiology of our intestines is shifting. Maybe it's the food supply. Maybe it's the foods we're eating, our reliance on high sugar drinks, processed foods, high fat foods, fried foods. All these different factors are thought to be associated with what's going on in our population. And really, that applies to migraine as well as we're talking about today. Because migraines aren't just migraines. And that's how we're all taught to think. It's just migraines. It's just, okay, it's, uh, it's just, uh, you know, a thyroid issue. It's just peripheral neuropathy. So going on with this topic of the thyroid and migraines, it's very, very exciting. Because, again, you can see the dichotomy. It's not just, you know, a headache and you take a medication. Here we're stepping way back and we're saying, okay, where is the forest fire coming from? And out of the journal Cephalgia 2018, Cephalgia means headache. And so this is a, the primary or one of the primary headache journals. They looked at subclinical hypothyroidism and its association with migraines. Now, first of all, we have to pause there and we have to say, what is subclinical hypothyroidism? So many of you are going to say to me, and you're thinking to yourself right now, I've had my thyroid tested and my doctor told me it was normal. And I'm here to tell you that perhaps your thyroid tests were not interpreted with the right criteria. Meaning, if you're just borderline low hypothyroid or if you're in the gray area, then this can be highly significant. You also have to know what the gray area is. Because for LabCorp, for example, they say a TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone level, from 0.45 to 4.5 is normal. Now, as we talked about in our thyroid broadcast, TSH is a hormone that comes from the brain down to the thyroid and it tells the thyroid to work. So if your thyroid is low, your TSH values go up. And as TSH values go up, that tells the doctor that you have hypothyroidism. Some doctors will treat you if your TSH goes above 4.5. Other doctors will basically treat you if you go above 8 or 10. Lots of times it's dependent on how they were trained, their philosophy, so on and so forth. Now, if you have a TSH that's 3.7 to 4.5, that can be highly significant for subclinical hypothyroidism. There's some research coming out saying any TSH over 2.5, for example, like in pregnant females, is highly significant for subclinical hypothyroidism. Hypothyroidism. In our world at Gatesway Health, we look at a TSH over three as being an issue. So if you want to go back through your lab results and you're a migraine sufferer and look at this and say, okay, what were my TSH values and comb through them? And if you see it's over three, then there's an issue. Now, in this journal I'm mentioning, Cephalgia 2018, they took, a, I think it was about 151 migraine patients and then they screened them for subclinical hypothyroidism and they found that there was a high, high, high association between subclinical hypothyroidism and and migraine headaches. Furthermore, they also found that those with subclinical hypothyroidism and migraines had a higher prevalence of autoimmunity to the thyroid. Autoimmunity means where our immune system attacks the thyroid gland. Or autoimmune just basically means our immune system is attacking us. But autoimmune, autoimmunity to the thyroid, which is referred to as Hashimoto's thyroiditis, is where that immune system, think of immune missiles killing the thyroid. And this was highly associated with migraines as well. So this is a big, big deal. And if you're a migraine sufferer out there, have you had your thyroid antibodies checked? Yes or no. And if you haven't had them checked, you need to have them checked. And then you also have to realize that there are varying criteria for interpreting this as well. For example, LabCorp says any value over 34 constitutes a positive, whereas the Mayo Clinic, Quest Diagnostics, many hospitals that I'm using in terms of lab function say that anything over 9 is too high. I've seen patients out of Europe where they're saying now anything over 5.5 is too high for into some PTSD associations with migraines. So as I was mentioning, associations with even things like post-traumatic stress disorder, this has come out uh, where they were looking at individuals who had a high incidence 
evidence of PTSD and some war-torn areas, and they found that depression and anxiety actually didn't correlate with migraine headaches, but post-traumatic stress disorder heavily did. And that stress center in our brain, it's referred to as the amygdala. That's our fear center. There are many associated areas in the brain that are involved with stress. But when that fear center is firing off like a firecracker, it changes our physiology. It causes blood vessels to constrict down, which can lead to veins dilating. And when blood vessels constrict down, then that can reduce blood flow to our gray matter, which can lead to the accumulation of inflammatory mediators like CGRP and then result in headaches. So that's very, very important. I'm not saying that stress is the only cause of migraines. I'm not. But there is this association that you need to be aware of. So trying to bring up all these disparate factors, because maybe you're a migraine sufferer and you just have menstrual migraines. So what I just said related to you, maybe you're a migraine sufferer and you just have insulin resistance, or maybe you're a migraine sufferer and you have a thyroid issue, or maybe you're a migraine sufferer and you have post-traumatic stress disorder from childhood. And that needs to be evaluated too, because we work in a multifactorial approach at Gateswood Health. I refer to psychologists. I refer to psychologists. Psychiatrists, I refer to hypnotherapists when individuals need it, when they need that aspect. But there's no one size fits all treatment approach. There's no cookbook approach to conditions like migraines because it's much more complicated. And as I was talking about thyroid issues, a lot of individuals say, well, okay, so I have this immune attack against my thyroid. You're saying I have to pay attention to subclinical hypothyroidism. Well, then what do I do about it? And then that's where we go another layer deeper. And we look at the literature associating thyroid issues, Hashimoto's, which is where the immune system attacks the thyroid, and food intolerances in the gastrointestinal tract. So they've done studies where they have thyroid patients drink dairy and put a lot of dairy into their diet versus excluding it. And they see that their thyroid numbers get worse when they drink dairy. Pretty interesting. Now, am I I saying that dairy is the one cause, milk and yogurt, of thyroid issues? No, because in my experience, it can be upwards of 20 different foods. But you have to find out what those foods are for the right individual. Then bacteria can be abnormal in the intestines of migraine sufferers. You have 37 trillion bacteria in your intestines. You only have 30 trillion cells in your body. So we actually have more bacteria in our intestines than we do cells in our body. And these bacteria we're finding heavily regulate a lot of human functions. In fact, the bacterial byproducts can heavily affect how our brain functions, our frontal lobe functions. And so those factors have to be addressed in the context not only of migraine sufferers, but also autoimmune thyroid patients. Then the thought process is, is that the immune system gets so overreactive at the gastrointestinal tract because of the inflammation, the food's coming in. Again, go back to what I was saying from a societal standpoint. We're eating processed foods, saturated fats, lots of carbohydrates, high fructose corn syrup. I'm not saying any one of those is the issue, but all these issues seem to be culminating in this problem. And so now your immune system is overwhelmed at your intestines and you don't have enough immune function to clear viruses out of the thyroid, which is why in the last, well, really since 2012, so the last six years, they've now found upwards of three different viruses living in the thyroid glands, like 80% of Hashimoto's in each study for each virus. Patients have a virus living in their thyroid gland, whereas normal controls largely do not. So this is raising all these different questions as to why the physiology of Americans is falling apart. And if you're one of the 10% who has migraines, then these are things to pay attention to if you want to get to the root of the problem. And then there can be other associations between plastics that a lot of us uh, commonly embark on, you know, we get our hot coffee in a plastic cup or 
Uh, if you're a firefighter and you're constantly exposed to these fires where carpets and plastics are, are burning, a lot of this is thought to maybe be a precipitating factor for these thyroid issues as well. So these are the factors we look at at Gateway to Health. In the next segment, I will talk more about insulin resistance. But again, if you're a migraine sufferer, you need a thorough history. You need a thorough neurological examination. Every headache textbook says you have to do a thorough neurological examination to rule out other things. And then at Gateway to Health, what we do is we look at your eye movements very heavily. We have this $80,000 piece of equipment that's fantastic that quantifies how the eyes move. And that tells us a lot about how your frontal lobe is functioning, how your brain stem is functioning, how your cerebellum, which is your balance center, is functioning. And all of that leads us to assessing, okay, well, this migraine sufferer has fantastic frontal lobes. We don't have to do anything. Or this migraine sufferer has a brain stem issue that we really have to pay attention to. Because if we don't, then we're not helping them to get the blood flow to the area of the brain that's not clearing out the inflammation. So that's what we do on top of all the detailed lab testing that I mentioned earlier. And it, it goes even much farther. We thoroughly assess for our urine intestines breaking down. We thoroughly assess for cortisol levels throughout the day. All these factors taken into account if you want to get to the root of the problem. So again, Gatesway to Health, 833-DR-GATES, 833-DR-G-A-T-E-S if you want a free consultation regarding your condition. Also, that's 374-2837. And if you have questions for the show, 702-733-5968. And I'll see you after the break. Okay, Dr. Randall Gates, board-certified chiropractic neurologist, also chiropractic physician at Gatesway to Health here in the Las Vegas area, specifically in Henderson, Nevada. Today we're talking about migraines and our unique approach to the condition. Again, we've gone through the medications, we've gone through the standard therapies, we've gone through how you can just take supplements and try that as a model, and then we're talking about all these underlying currents of dysfunction and physiology that really are what lead to migraine headaches. And there, I'm gonna talk about a study out of Human Brain Mapping, 2018, hot off the press, where they did functional MRI studies of migraine patients. Now, a functional MRI, many of you have had an MRI scan, you say, well, my MRI scan was normal. Fantastic. Because your doctors ruled out aneurysms. They've ruled out tumors. They've ruled out other stroke conditions as to why you're having these symptoms. So it's great to have a normal MRI, but the MRI doesn't tell us how your brain is functioning. But a functional MRI does help us to understand how your brain is functioning because with a functional MRI, basically there are many different types. We can see how much blood flow or activity is occurring in one area of the brain versus another. And these authors did this functional MRI study on migraine sufferers while they were not having migraines, but also they were able to catch them the day before they had a migraine. And what they found was very interesting. They found that their brain stems in another area of the brain called the hypothalamus, which connects to the brain stem. So these are referred to as subcortical structures. Your cortex of your brain is like the top part. Subcortical is the bottom part, simply. It's kind of like the, the trunk of the tree. And so these subcortical areas of the brain were not functioning well the day prior to the migraine. Why is that important? Well, in this tree trunk area of your brain, referred to as your brain stem, that's where we process pain also or headaches. This is where the neurological control centers for getting blood flow to areas of the brain are located. And so 
the authors surmised that what happens with a migraine sufferer is that the brainstem kind of like goes offline. And when it goes offline, then that allows for the blood vessels to not get enough blood flow to areas of the brain, the brain to not shut off pain as well, which can then precipitate the accumulation of the inflammatory mediators. Think of them like lactic acid, but as I said earlier, it's calcitonin gene-related peptide is the most popular one for discussion right now. So you accumulate this lactic acid-like substance in the brain, and then it becomes a spreading shockwave, which then becomes your migraine. Now, at Gateway to Health, as I keep mentioning, we do a full neurological and eye movement exam, and we can really discern what parts of your brainstem are involved or not involved. And then with the concept of neuroplasticity, that's where we go into the brain and we actually try to change the brain. We actually try to make the brain stronger. And the current research is that you can do that, particularly if you're eliminating the underlying current of inflammation or thyroid issue or insulin resistance in that individual. So we then go in and we get you bicep curls for all intents and purposes for maybe the right middle part of your brainstem. There are certain eye exercises, other activities you can do to get these areas of your brain functioning normally again. And it's such a simple model, but it's not employed. The analogy would be, okay, you want to get in shape. So you have two options. You can go and you can take steroids and not work out. And you probably will look like you're in better shape if you did that, even without working out. Or you can go work out and not take steroids. Well, what is the more logical model? Probably the more logical model for most people would be, well, why don't I just go work out? Well, that's what we're doing. We're doing very specialized, and I can say I'm board certified chiropractic neurologist. We're doing very targeted treatments for the areas of the brain that are not working correctly. So that's very, very important. And I don't want to use the word specialized too much, but what I'm trying to say is that we use targeted treatments for these areas of the brain that are not working correctly. If we can get them working correctly, can we help your brainstem to function better so you don't go through these periods where the brainstem goes offline and then you develop a migraine. And going a little further about the whole insulin resistant issue, as I mentioned to Dr. Judd earlier in the broadcast, current pain and headache reproductions 2018 is where they uh, said is migraine primarily a metabol endocrine disorder. So metabolo endocrine disorder. So they're saying it's a metabolism, it's a hormonal problem. And that's where they came out and said all migraine sufferers have insulin resistance. Well, what is insulin resistance? We talked about it a few weeks ago. That's where you eat carbohydrates and you release insulin from your pancreas and it's still not enough insulin to get the carbohydrates into the cells of your body. So then your body may make more insulin for a given amount of carbohydrate. Lots of times this is associated with weight gain, not always. And then sugar levels can go up too, frequently associated with problems with bacteria in the gut. There's inflammatory bacteria in the intestines that cause this insulin resistance. It's now been well documented. Uh, Diabetologia 2018 quoted that a couple weeks ago. So now you, hopefully you're getting this picture of how we're looking at things for a migraine sufferer from the brainstem to the insulin resistance and relative to what you can do about insulin resistance, dietary changes certainly can affect it. Now the research has shown that most of you won't be able to do that via a variety of mechanisms, whether it's ability to stick with a lifestyle change to find the right lifestyle change for your insulin resistant pattern. I will say clinically it can be changed. I change it all the time. 
time, but it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of commitment on the part of the patient and the practitioner to make it successful. So those are the factors that we look at for changing somebody who's insulin resistant and really we're trying to change their lifestyle to change their gut bacteria. And if we can change the gut bacteria, we can change the insulin resistance and the inflammation. So now in summary, you as the migraine sufferer, you can take the meds, you can take the supplements, or you can have your thyroid critically evaluated under the context of having your thyroid antibodies checked, seeing if they're in that gray range, as I said before, you're between 9 and 34 for the thyroid peroxidase antibody. What are your insulin values? What is your three-month measure of blood sugar referred to the A1C? What is your glucose? What are your triglyceride levels? And then having your brain thoroughly assessed to see, do you have a brain problem? Do you have a brainstem issue as to why you're not getting the blood flow to the brain? Do you have menstrual migraines and a hormonal issue? Do you have endometriosis? Do you have polycystic ovarian syndrome? All of these factors are heavily associated with these chronic headaches. And that's probably why next week I'm going to be talking about fibromyalgia. And I see a lot of migraines and fibromyalgia patients too, because all of these things are overlapping. These vicious cycles of physiological dysfunction are overlapping, resulting in the migraine headaches. So with doing specialized tests to quantify if you're having food intolerances, what are the bacteria in your gut? What are your stress hormone levels? Very specialized laboratories we use at Gateway to Health to figure these issues out. Combined with our thorough neurological exam is how we get to the root of these migraine issues for those where the migraines are really just incapacitating them. And I, my heart goes out to every migraine sufferer out there because I know, not from personal experience, but I know from seeing so many of you, what these headaches do to your life, how they create a lot of instability, a lot of uh, unknowingness about the future. And if you can make plans on a Thursday because you may have a migraine headache. So I really appreciate you listening. Next week, we'll be back with fibromyalgia, as I said. And uh, any questions about your case, 833-DR-GATES, 833-DR-GATES, D-R-G-A-T-E-S. That's 833-374-2837 for a free consultation about your individual problem. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week.